Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Millions and millions of Americans have come face-to-face with great loss over this past week with Superstorm Sandy, with the world looking on. The death toll has now passed the 100 mark and it's still climbing. The damage bill, perhaps up to $50 billion. As with most loss in life, it mostly comes as a kind of thief in the night, catching us by surprise, and most of the time entirely unprepared. So we thought to kick off tonight, and on the back of Superstorm Sandy, we'd explore one of the most common experiences of the human condition, and that is loss. How to deal with it, how to find perspective, and how to help those who suffer loss. We're also throwing it open to you for an open house conversation on your experience with loss. What's your story? How did it hit? How sudden was it? Were you prepared? What are the lessons you learnt about life, yourself, maybe even the stuff that we acquire through life? Perhaps you learn things about God. Give us a call, one three hundred forty twenty twenty. We'd love for you to share your story with us. But also, how do you help those who suffer loss. I'd love to get the stories of those who've been alongside for the ride because most of the time these stories play out for quite some time. How did someone help in just the right way? Maybe there are lessons for us in how not to help. What was the right thing for you? Because it will all vary from person to person and depending on circumstances. Let's have an open house conversation on loss, one three hundred forty twenty twenty, or post on our Open House Community Facebook page. To kick us off, one of these stories of great loss all of a sudden and one where there were some golden people alongside to help. On Christmas Day 2001... Deborah Bush and her family lost their fruit farm business, valued at around $2 million, in a raging bushfire west of Sydney. Yes, Christmas Day. Deborah lived through a great deal on that day and in the days, months to come, and has done a great deal of thinking about loss in the years that followed. And she joins us now on Open House. Deborah, welcome. Thank you, Lee. It's lovely to be here. So tell us how and where your story started. Our story started in uh, on Christmas Day 2001. We have a stone fruit orchard out at Mulgoa, which for your listeners, if they don't know where that is, is between Penrith and Camden. We had been following a bushfire that was burning out of control in the Blue Mountains National Park at the back of Warragamba. Christmas morning, my husband, David, was starting to get concerned and so he rode one of the farm motorbikes to the back of the property to the top of the Nepean River and he could see the fire on the top of the other side of the river and he was quite concerned. So he came back and said, let's put some things in the car, I'll get rid of Olivia's horses and then we'd better go. But the fire came a lot quicker than we had anticipated. Uh, There was low humidity that day, there were really strong winds and the temperatures were really high and in no time it was getting fairly close to our place. So we left uh, with our two small children in the back and a few possessions. It was very dark, and the ambers were coming down on the top of our car. So you left without knowing what was going to happen? Absolutely. The whole of the bush of the Blue Mountains National Park was on fire from the bottom of the trees to the top, and it was rapidly approaching us. So we left very quickly. Can you paint us a word picture of what that looked like, smelt like, felt like? It smelt like terror. 
the smell, you could obviously smell the smoke. And the wind was pushing the fire. It was terrifyingly. The sound? Like the sound of a train coming. They always say that. Yeah. And so I left with the two children in the back and they were obviously quite distressed. It was really scary. Talk to me about your fear and what you were fearing. Was it for your life? Was it for what you had as well? I think I was fearing, number one, for my husband's life because he had gone back towards the fire. But as I drove out, I was very conscious that, well, this is a really difficult time and God, I know you're there. I need you to walk this with me. I need you to be here these next few hours and to feel your presence and to know that you have it all in the palm of your hand. So you survive. Absolutely. And go back. What do you find? We confronted the devastation of our own house uh, with just the chimney standing and then we travelled over to where my father-in-law's house was uh, and it was still standing but badly damaged. But around it was the... um, the damage of our packing sheds, our tractors, the grater that we grade our stone fruit with. It was all just a big mangled heap of steel. And and I suppose what what the media doesn't capture is um, the smell that is left. We could smell, I think we had 500 trays of stone fruit in our cool room. And so there was the smell of that. And then the smell of the parched ground, the fire was so severe, it burnt uh, right up to my father-in-law's house. But the heat was so intense on the day. The the smell was, well, the smell of smoke, obviously, but this scorching, dried out uh, smell that lingered for months and months. We would wake up every morning because we lived in this house after the fires so each morning we got up we would be greeted by the devastation around us but it was that smell that you were aware of every morning and this was a business that was in your family for three generations lost yes and not just the business loss but farmers are quite ingenious and they need to be able to fix a car or a tractor or a piece of machinery they go to their shed and they just do it. There's no getting somebody in to fix farm machinery. And so everything was gone. We didn't have a spanner, a spade, a shovel on the property. Tell me about how you dealt in those early days with such a sense of loss. I think you take it one day at a time. And I think you try to be kind to yourself. And we were very blessed because we had great support from our family, who we're very close to, our community, uh, our local village community of Mulgoa, and our church community. And I think what helped us with the sense of loss was that our community experienced this as well. It wasn't just about us. So our community had some understanding of what we had been through because they had experienced it as well. There was uh, two other houses lost in the Mulgoa area. One of them was the parish rectory of our local church. People had an understanding, and so they could get alongside us and we could get alongside of them. There's nothing like this to draw a community together. Absolutely. The community uh, visited with clothes and food, prayers, 
Yeah, one day at a time, Lee. I think that's all you can manage. They visited with chickens as well. Uh, They did visit with chickens. One of the local churches, not our church, but one of the local churches faithfully brought chickens and salads for a number of months after the bushfires. And after a couple of months... Uh, We were able to have a quiet laugh about that, and we still have great relations with that church, but it was heartfelt at the time, and it was their way of supporting us. It's great support. Uh, Wonderful support. Absolutely wonderful. What did the Christian community do for you? The Christian community got alongside us in a lot of different ways. Obviously, they came and they visited us, and they prayed with us. It was also about being there for us. Uh, There is no substitute for being there. Sometimes our words are insufficient at times like this, but getting alongside people and sitting with them in their pain and their suffering is so important. And I remember quite vividly three or four people from our church that had that wonderful skill. And I've, I've learnt about the skill of being there for people since then, but I can reflect on that now and see what they were doing. They were God's people. They were his representatives there at the time. And we know that God travels these journeys with us, but we need God's people to sit with us in our pain and to travel our journeys with us. And this is what three or four members of our community did. Yeah, our church community. It's a great skill to have. It's a a wonderful skill to have. Great perspective to have as well. Yeah. But they could do really nothing to bring back what you had lost. No, they couldn't. And I think sometimes that's where we make the mistake. We try to make people better by our words. Oh, well, they're only possessions and you can go out and buy more. But sometimes it's... Those possessions have a symbolic value and that can't be replaced. But what God's people can do is be understanding and have good listening skills and sit there and listen to us as we tell our stories. And that's not just about a disaster situation. That's about sitting with people uh, in any loss or grief situation listening to people tell their story. And that's hard because I don't think that for the most part we're good listeners. I think we're good at talking, (laughs) but I don't think we're necessarily good at listening. At its core, it's an exercise of love, really. Absolutely. Look at Jesus as our role model, and uh, he showed great love for everyone around him, You know, particularly the disenfranchised people of our communities. But I think... For Christians, God's love lies at the heart of who we are and he was a God of great compassion and empathy. We only just need to look at the cross. You know, at the heart of our Christian faith is a God who suffered. He understands what we went through. He gets it because of his experience. He went there for us on the cross. And yet it's not to deny the great consequences of the loss that you experience. Absolutely. It's not pretending that it doesn't exist. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you deal with that then? It does exist. But I think if we look back to the story of Jesus, you know, we have hope long term. And I, we only need to look 
at the Apostle Paul, you know, who says that God is the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort. And in our darkest hours, we drew on that. And it was the Christian community that walked that journey with us. God's representatives there with us. What did it teach you about life and about perspective? I've had a lot of time, Lee, to reflect over the last 11 years and not just to uh, reflect on that experience but on other losses in our life. And, And I've learnt caring for one another is such an important thing, not just in our church communities but in our families and in the wider community. And I think it's... I reflect quite often on how I want to be able to care better for the people that I come into contact with. I want to be God's representative, but I want to be able to do it pretty good. And so I'm a work in progress. Yes. Could you have done it that much before this event? No, no, I couldn't. That's the interesting thing, isn't it? No, I couldn't. I mean, my dad is a pastor of 60 years, and I have watched him get alongside people and care for people over many years. But no, I think I had to go through what I experienced and uh, witness the love, the support, the compassion. And sometimes people didn't always get it right. No. And so that was the beginning of a journey for me. These kind of events do also hold the potential, don't they, and sometimes force us to look beyond the stuff that we have. Absolutely. Our possessions aren't important. Yes, they do symbolise things in our life, and I think that has to be acknowledged. But, you know, material possessions weren't important to us. But it's about relationships. It's about people. It's about getting alongside them and supporting them, whether it's the loss of a loved one or a disaster situation or somebody that has chronic fatigue. It's about showing God's love and compassion. Deborah, I'm so glad you've come in and shared your story with us. It's an important story to share and such important perspectives. Thank you so much. It's lovely to have been here tonight, Lee. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.